man, people in big companies love their timelines and their estimations of normal. And what I would always say is, look, we're small. We can move really fast. So what I'm about to tell you is based on our experience working with larger companies. Yeah. And the the critical path <laughs> That's amazing. is always, yeah, the critical path is always, uh, it, it's always set by the amount of time you guys have to focus on this. So what I'm going to tell you is if you focus on this full time, we could probably get it done in three weeks, but you know, between vacations and meeting times and other priorities you have going on, average time to getting this going is four weeks, five weeks, yeah. whatever it is. That's the oh, language, dude. man. You know, And having like a nice PDF like that, it's like that's probably the best way to communicate that they're not the only partner you're talking to. And that's amazing. Like, I love that idea. Bingo. And we're live from Austin and Glasgow. And it's the first time I can see you. Yeah. Great, <laughs> great to see you this morning, afternoon. Yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, let's see how this works. Maybe there will be a better energy on the podcast. That's right. We're typically... People have complained about yeah. energy on Bootstrapper Podcast. I don't know that they're complain, complaining about our podcast specifically. Let's give them a... Let's get a little better energy this week. <laughs> okay. All right. I, yeah. I'm, as you can see, I'm I'm doing the exercises. Yeah. This is going to be... You're dancing, kind of. Oct- octane. Yeah. Which I'm glad <laughs> nobody can see. <laughs> oh, this is going on YouTube. I'm live streaming this on Twitch. No. <laughs> Fantastic. I, there's nothing I love better than an interview that's supposed to be a podcast that turns into a video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, so I launched yesterday... And did did, uh, did you watch Lord of the Rings? Do you remember like when they're in the when they're in the mines in the first movie, and one of the hobbits like drop something into a well, and it's oh, like yes, it's yes, quiet yes. for a second, and then it's like you hear like a like a distant boom, <laughs> and it just keeps like getting larger and larger. It's awesome, and then it just like war just breaks out with like orcs coming from everywhere and trolls and stuff. <laughs> Did Dude, you get trolls? <laughs> <laughs> Almost no trolls, but uh, definitely uh, <laughs> a lot of noise. <laughs> the sound of uh, the sound of thirty thousand impressions, right? Yeah, dude, That's it's great. crazy. I didn't expect that. It's like you know, I was talking about how I have these different like, or like I'm doing this incremental launch strategy. So it's like send it out to the one list, send it out to the other list. And then share it on Twitter, maybe put it on Product Hunt. And then like this one just blew up for me, at least like this is this was a really successful tweet for me. That's great. So, uh, yeah, uh, awareness is up. Awareness is up. It seems like awareness. everyone in WordPress knows about branch now. Um, That's good. You, you've made you've made a mark. Uh, you ha- You have to have made a mark. You made a mental bookmark, at least. Yeah. yeah. This is my way of saying. It's out of beta, I guess. <laughs> and you know, is. like, do you know when people like the most annoying thing when people say, "Oh yeah, I'd love to try it when you when you're out of beta," <laughs> or like when you're ready, or like when you're launched or something. It's like, but it's you can use it now. It's fine. Now I'm officially launched. Yeah, I mean, is the truth behind your podcast title that there's like almost this bit of uh, angst around this beta flag? 
that we have. Yeah, I, I don't think so. It, it may be. <laughs> I mean, uh, but we have talked about launching for a very long time now on this podcast. I mean, we're 20 something episodes in and we're still launching, yeah. launching, launching. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, ex- <laughs> I didn't plan on like a big splashy launch, but like now this tweet has more than 36,000 impressions and like 60 something retweets and almost 200 likes. And that's great. And it's been 24 I, I hours. Think, it's been crazy. Yeah. I think the Twitter launch is, is valid. I think it's, I think it's very valid. You, you inject, you know, your name, your brand, your product into yeah. a whole stream of people that eat this stuff up and are also very into WordPress and PHP. So yeah, that's great. Well done. Yeah. I mean, I felt, I feel really thankful. Like a lot of people helped me out on Twitter yesterday, like that. I didn't even, you know, ask or expect anything from. So like Taylor Otwell, creative Laravel tweeted it, Adam Wathen tweeted it, Rob, I expected Rob to help out, you know, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. <just> invested <laughs> a little, a, lot, like, a little bit of alignment there. Yeah. <laughs> Patio 11 tweeted it. And like, nice. you know, a lot of people who are something like in the WordPress world talked about it, tweeted it out. So it felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did it feel, I'm, I'm sure it felt good for, in multiple ways, but like, I, I know that when I finally sent out my email to, you know, the 800 or so folks and whatever, it just felt, it was a relief. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's done right now. It's live. Now a lot of people know about it. And and a funny thing is, you know, I got a lot of messages yesterday from people being like, hey, congrats. Oh, you must be like drowning in sales and people saying stuff like that. And it's like people would be surprised, like if they if they knew like how how small the numbers actually were, like when you get to the bottom of the funnel. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it was when I did the math, it was like 2% of people coming to the website created an account. So it's not horrible, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's a, uh, it's an infrastructure product. And like, it's not yeah. people. It's like for a hosting company, it's the same thing. Like you don't sit around waiting for like a host to show up. Exactly. Like, this is not a push. You can't push demand. I don't think no, you can no. create demand at all in this. Case. No. So I think for me, like this, this worked out really well because it created a lot of awareness. And when people are starting their next projects, I'm sure like a lot of people will be, you know, branch will be fresh in their minds and they'll, they'll be interested in trying it out. And that's what a lot of people said. I can't wait to try this out. Like that's like between the lines they're saying, I can't wait until I have like a good excuse to spend time on like trying this new thing out. Yeah. I mean, this is classic advertising. It's the reason that people do the Super Bowl ads. It's the, you know, uh, whatever fly, you know, fly Southwest and you see a commercial. It's not because you're like eager to book a plane ticket, although maybe, but, uh, you're in front of folks and they now know that there's a solution to this problem of, you know, uh, WordPress plus CICD. So that's great. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, it feels good. Another thing that's really cool is, um, you know, I've been focusing on, on doing integrations and partnerships with hosting companies. And uh, so far, it's been me pushing, you know, and reaching out to them to talk about this. But uh, in the past 24 hours, that have, that has changed. <laughs> That's right. Now, so I, I, yeah. You did create some demand there. <laughs> yes, I did. And it's, uh, I realized, I think I didn't realize this as much like when I actually did it. But like in the in hindsight, like getting the Pantheon and WP Engine logos on the website before like the official launch 
was a really smart move. <laughs> very, that's yeah. very clever. Uh, well, it's those business development folks' jobs to, they've got like the seismographs out and they're like listening, 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 and then they just feel this tremor <laughs> and they go, something has entered our space. Um, and yeah. we better figure out what this is because if we don't, somebody else might. And oh my gosh, somebody else already did figure out what this is and we're behind. Maybe. And, that, and that's not all negative. That's just, comp- that's just classic competition in a market, which is good for you. It's a little wave of FOMO, I think, going through uh, <laughs> the WordPress hosting companies right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's all good. That's, um, you know, the rising tide lifting all ships kind of thing. It's, it's, you know, this becomes a thing that, of course, you want to have. And yeah, that's a great. So uh, in my last business at Risk Pulse, we had a couple of target customer segments. One was people who actually manufacture products and need to get them to market. And then we also uh, sold to companies who helped those companies. So it was two steps in the value chain. And it was sometimes hard to push or create demand uh, among the manufacturing segment, the people actually made stuff because like you said, they're not waking up going, oh, let me, let me get a solution for this. But the interest that those people had, the mental bookmark, if you will, that, ooh, when I do need it, to solve this problem, I'm going to go to this this provider. That interest created demand among the service providers, who, uh, of course, didn't want to be, you know, left out of this of this thing. And that's um, I think that's a repeatable pattern in a lot of industries and startups. I think it's uh, people people need to look at not just their target customers, but who already serves that target customer segment. And not underestimate the the pressure that they're under to innovate, right? So it's great. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, my job right now is not really to sell. If if I look strictly at my strategy right now, my job is to sell branch to the hosting companies. And now there's a bunch of really big hosting companies trying to get on a call with me and like talk about a partnership. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's good. And and making your product such that it can be adopted by them, whatever that means, is yeah. the key. So it's like one thing if they're just like, oh, okay, so we could tell people about it. But if there's a way they can embed, integrate, adopt the thing that you have, uh, that's, there you go. You know, now you have some amount of distribution. Yeah. And the cool thing is, I mean, on the technical side, it's like mostly I do the work and it's pretty streamlined. Uh, now with like the few integrations I've already done. So it's like when they ask like how a potential partnership can look, I'm like, yeah, so as long as you guys can help out with some marketing, some co-promotion, I can take care of all the tech and it's it doesn't really require any work from your on your end. And I think that's a really strong value proposition to present. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I would just encourage you to, in the spirit of faking things until you make them, uh, give yourself credit for the things you figured out um, with your existing conversations, you know, with um, with the other two hosts and like document those in a way that looks official, yeah. <laughs> as official as you can make it so that it's basically a before you know it, somebody else, the, the 90th, 90th of these that comes along. It's like, oh, here's our partner kit. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that 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 actually helps those people adopt it because they can take it back to their team and show that around and, and build 
supports and everything else. So you're just you're scaling it, right? And I think you know you could actually start that now. Um, so you, you suggest that? Would yeah, you, you su suggest I do like a slide deck or something like that with like how to do a partnership with Branch? Uh, yes, I would. That's interesting. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, can, you can do you can do a keynote if you want, but you know, cover slide with your logo and uh, you know, partners, uh, something like part partnerships. Um, yeah, integra integration partners checklist or something, and then yeah, just yeah. have two or three slides, one one area per slide bullet points and then finish with a uh, kind of a timeline of how long does it typically take beginning to end to go from initial conversation to a successful in the market partnership that's yeah, yeah, yeah. with the different phases broken out people i mean especially big companies they love that stuff because in order to do this properly those people are going to have project managers integration partnership directors and all, all these different folks who all need some role in that yeah. world. And if you don't tell them what that world world looks like, or that role is, they're going to, they're going to struggle because they're going to have to either make it up or pull it out of you. And it's just going to slow the whole thing down. So um, we, we found a lot more traction with big companies adopting our software. Um, so one of our customers, this is well known. I mean, so I'm just picking an example is like Miller Coors, the brewing company. And uh, I remember the first time I showed them a Gantt chart, basically, of what product adoption looked like. And, you know, I kind of, you know, crack your knuckles and sit there and go, okay, what does it take? And you're like, okay, yeah, there's the, there's the phase where we sit down with all the stakeholders and talk about what their goals are for this product. Like, what do they want to get out of it? And then there's the phase where we, you know, create the rules and permissions and logic in the product configure it so that it works for them. And then there's a phase where we train everybody how to use it. And then there's the phase where we get feedback. Like by the time you lay all that out, it kind of is like a six week project, you know, yeah. uh, especially at a big company, but you know, they love that though, because I love it was this like, idea so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well then the thing they love too is like their boss's boss goes like, Hey, how's the integration with so-and-so going? And like, Oh, we're, we're, Four weeks in, which is right on track, we are on track. Like, how do you know if you're on track if you don't know what normal looks like, right? Yeah. So, man, people in big companies love their timelines and their estimations of normal. And what I would always say is, look, we're small. We can move really fast. So what I'm about to tell you is based on our experience working with larger companies. Yeah. And the the critical path <laughs> That's amazing. is always... Yeah, the critical path is always... Uh, it's always set by the amount of time you guys have to focus on this. So what I'm going to tell you is if you focus on this full time, we could probably get it done in three weeks. But, you know, between vacations and meeting times and other priorities you have going on, average time to getting this going is four weeks, five weeks, yeah. whatever it is. That's the oh, language, dude. man. You know, And having like a nice PDF like that, it's like that's probably the best way to communicate that they're not the only partner you're talking to. And that's amazing. Like, I love that idea. Bingo. And you could even like Bingo. have, you could even like make it super easy for them, like basically help them how they should communicate this to their like agency customers. Totally. Like add some little like sales stuff that's in right. there as well. And then yeah, on the like, last um, page, I'll add like a, if they want to acquire a branch, they can contact Einer at Tiny Seed. Discretion <laughs> <laughs> Capital. Uh, yeah, there was a, we, we uh, with our partner, so what I just described was like the slide deck we would send for customer adoption at um, at manufacturers. For partnerships, we would always include one or two slides on what is the value for your customers 
So let me tell you the value that a developer gets out of, which I, for you, I mean, use your own words, but like what, what's the value that uh, an agency or developers get or end clients get because you use this? So like yeah. remind them why it's strategic for them to use this on two levels. One, what's the value to the ultimate end consumer of this service? And then two, what's the strategic value to you guys, which probably comes down to differentiation if you're an early adopter or at some point keeping up with the speed of your competitors if you're a late adopter. And like, it's okay to mention those things in very tactful ways. And, and you, can, you can easily kind of dog whistle those things too by talking about who else is already using it and as soon as yeah, you have yeah. a testimonial, if they're okay with it. I've been in meetings before with, with big brands and people will not speak the name of the other brand because they're that competitive. But they will say in a meeting like, you know who <laughs> the one whose name we do not mention is already using this. And like, that is an amazing accelerator yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to a, to a project. Oh, uh, I love you know, this so much. <laughs> like I'm, I have a ton of ideas now for this stuff. Well, this is, this is, this becomes your work product. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And, yeah. And you, you hand this out. So that's your response to the next host that sends you an email next week. It's a keynote a PDF saved as PDF keynote with this and you say here's this let me know when you have a chance to look at it and let's set up a call to go through it together and answer yeah. the questions you have i already like started doing this not, verbally not motivated, yeah. i started yeah. doing this verbally like with the second integration i i was already like yeah so like from my experience like a, a successful integration like we do this and it's important that you like deliver especially on this part early on and then and that's just really helpful and it's just it lets you take over the conversation and basically demand stuff because you have a good reason why you're being demanding because you know what's what yeah. needs to get done yeah yeah they don't want to they don't want to fail i mean i, I yeah pe people uh people will start to ask you uh, you know what's the best practice for integrating or for adopting this and you need to be one to answer that and as soon as you do that is that is um it's valuable yeah. and you can either give it away for free because it's the product that they're paying for or at some point, it depends where branch goes. But if you become a big provider, <laughs> you'll have a team of people who, you know, for X hundred dollars per hour um, or a project rate can actually take this on. And that becomes their thing for you internally to basically yeah. scale what you're learning. But, but it's never too soon. It's like right now, just keynote that thing. And, you know, that's, um, yeah, that's gold, man. Yeah, yeah. My job is to make it easy for them. And it's like, you don't like, you don't want to be like a community manager or like a biz dev guy at a hosting company and your boss is like, hey, this thing that's taking off in the WordPress space has X, Y, and Z's logo on it. And why don't they have our logo on it? So just make it easy for yeah. them to get their logo on there. And um, yeah, that's a really yeah. cool idea. Yeah. And make, and make it easy for them to say, hey, I had that conversation with that. Remember that company we saw on Twitter? The other day? I had that conversation and here's what I got from that. And yeah. like give them give them a doc yeah <laughs> like that's that's how ideas spread within an enterprise he doesn't want to have to communicate it he doesn't have to type an email or communicate that verbally or whatever um yeah so yeah, yeah. so i launched and uh, basically every other thing i did this week kind of like doesn't really i forgot everything else i did this week because it doesn't really matter <laughs> now <laughs> it just just consumed you yeah that's great so uh, that's prob probably good reasons for that yeah so uh, what cool, about man. you? Do you want to do a more like traditional maker manager update? 
Sure, sure. I've got a little bit of both. Um, I'll start with manager this time around, which was actually the end of the week. So that's that's um, it's fresh. Uh, I sat down with a partner uh, yesterday and discussed actually twice this week, once on Wednesday and Thursday, um, to talk about integrations. And I have made the decision to outsource integrations uh, to a uh, development partner. And they came highly recommended. And I I feel really good about who I'm working with. Um, I will recommend them (laughs) more explicitly once it's done and running. Um, But we'll see. So I'll I'll be the bleeding edge here for for a few weeks. Um, But I'm feeling pretty good about it. They've done a lot. But the point is they... I have easily a list of 12 and growing um, SaaS solutions that I want to integrate Summit with. And uh, that list is not going to get any shorter anytime soon. And so what I've done is with the metrics providers, I did the first three myself, uh, not counting Stripe. Um, And having done that, I basically figured out what the pattern is for an integration. And it's, you know, Obviously, I'm, you know, there's the auth element, but it's also the uh, <clears throat> go out and get this kind of data, which is different per solution, uh, per integration that somebody bring in. So, for example, somebody's bringing in ProfitWell or ChartMogul or Metrics, It's obvious, hey, bring in MRR, LTV, um, these key SaaS metrics. But something like, um, uh, uh, what's a better example? Um, let's just use CRM, right? Salesforce. Well, bring in you know pipeline values and number of deals being worked on. So I, I got to come up with that list. But what I'm outsourcing is the work of doing all of the auth integrations. So I'll have a basically a pop up. So somebody clicks something, it brings up a secure pop up. It asks for their login to that service in line right on my site. So it's it's white labeled. They auth. There's a loading thing. Boom! Background work kicks off, and then it, I. I have figured out the architecture, quote unquote, where like I know what to do with the data that I get. And it's not just storing it, it's actually, you know, transmogrifying it a bit and turning it into basically a stream that Summit understands. And I also know how to leverage that, like how to take advantage of that data and capitalize on it in a good way for the end user once it's in the system. So it's like, hey, you brought in your expense data. So a lot of people are asking for me to bring in expenses. So okay, we brought in your expenses from zero, your accounting provider or bench or QuickBooks. Now I'm going to chart those expenses, history. I'm going to plot those expenses forecast and I'm going to flow that data into your model so that your forecast can be more intelligent. So that when we do the forecasting, the simulation, it has an idea on receivables. In other words, cash that's about to come in, current balances, et cetera, which makes for a more sophisticated and accurate forecast um, or or forecast model. So I'm really excited about that. I had two meetings with them. Uh, I've got the basic embed working. And now the manager in me is reaching out to, I've reached out to Intuit, Zero, and Bench to talk about integration partnerships with them. So my, my, my goal is by probably January, February to have all three of those integrated so that this summit by say March of next year will have you know three if not four metrics providers. So Stripe hopefully gets added as a first class citizen there, and then three uh, bookkeeping or accounting integration partners. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That meeting went well. How do you reach out to um, uh, partners like that? 
Like, how do you know who to reach yeah. out to and like, what's your method or your approach? Yeah, I, I, so those six are actually all really good examples of how different it can be. So bare metrics was, uh, reach out to Corey over Twitter and DMS and then ultimately work my way to Josh through, um, Josh Pigford through Rob and others and just have an informal chat, say, Hey, this is exciting. Let's go done. Right. And Oh, by the way, their APIs are publicly known. Their users can just grab their API key and, they're okay with that, right? And hey, we'll do OAuth at some point. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, zero is like, there's a partnerships page. It describes the three kinds of partner that you can be, right? Do you want to be a this kind or this kind, this kind? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the third kind. Well, if you want to be the third kind of partner, which means you have a multi-tenant application, multiple people using an app to log in with their credentials to zero on your app and bring in their... There's a one through eight process <laughs> you have to go through, which is like step one, ask for us to acknowledge you. Step two, you know, uh, do the integration on a staging site. Step three, a formal review of that integration. Step four, step five, it goes all the way on. So I'm like, suddenly, hey, that's that keynote <laughs> of like what it means to be an integration partner. And they, I just got served. So that tells me that that's going to be a multi-month effort, especially with the holidays coming up, like suddenly my estimation of when I'm going to have zero goes from, you know, no, no early December naively to February-ish. Um, and that's the range. So I, I with QuickBooks or Intuit uh, and zero, I did that. With Bench, I was a little more encouraged because it's a, it is a startup, although they're a scaling startup. And I reached out to them through their So You Want to Be a Partner uh, page. And Bench also just launched an affiliate program. So I'm excited about the thought of uh, gears returning for me around affiliates, not me being an affiliate of some of these solution providers, um, not just an integration. So, you know, maybe you don't have any of these three or any of those three or any of these five, but do you need a tool for this? Here's the five I work with. Here's some special offers for each and, you know, go get one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that was the manager efforts this week, um, which felt good to unblock. I mean, it was one of those hurry up and then wait kind of situations because, you know, the technical work is probably going to be um, faster. The business development thing is going to be slower. Um, but I I did some cool stuff on the maker side this week to, uh, which I did first. And I think it was because I, maybe I knew that this other stuff was not going to be as sort of exciting. Um, so I had Monday and Tuesday clear, uh, to code, which was very, which is pretty rare even for me, uh, at this stage. Um, so I, I sat there and I'm like, I had this roadmap and maybe I should mention one other thing I did. Cause I think it's a clever, I think it's proving to be clever. <laughs> I set up an intercom, a couple of behavioral based emails. And one of them is if you have not, if all you've done is sign up and more than seven days have gone by, it sends you an email that says, you know, stripped with any kind of, no, no HTML design or anything, just a plain kind of plain text email that says, you know, hey, thank you so much. Appreciate you the time to sign up, but was Summit not what you're looking for? And what I mean by that is what problem were you hoping to solve with it? Because clearly you came to the landing page and you, it resonated with you and then you click sign up and you got in, but then you didn't do anything. So I, I started sending those. And then I also started sending a, if you complete all the steps of onboarding. So if you completely activate, 
um, which is four steps for, for me. It's signing up, connecting your metrics, creating a baseline model, and then creating a growth plan. Uh, it sends you another email, which is same, same format, but it says, hey, you're clearly a power user. I'm really excited about this. Here's my roadmap that I'm shaping up for the next three months or so. It's got lists of the ideas that I'm working on and it, it solicits feedback. And so people can come into that Google Doc and actually comment on it. And people have done that. So out, out of like the, I sent 50 of those so far, it's growing, which is great. It's automatic. But um, out of those 50, I think about 10% of those five-ish either sent me an email and intercom or commented directly in the document. Nice. Um, which felt so good. Yeah, it's like this automated surveying of the unengaged and most engaged. And coming from the enterprise world in my last startup, like that makes me so happy <laughs> to get, to just have running, you know, like any day I could just, get, I, I got another one this morning, like an email response saying like, oh, I didn't engage because I'm just checking it out. I'm just window shopping. Like I'm starting a SaaS company after I graduate business school in the spring. And when I do that, I want to have cool tools to use. This looks cool. You know, I'll be back basically. Nice. Um, yeah, so I was I was writing a high off of this stuff, and I said, okay, roadmap wise, I got to work on something. The two of the things that are on there is um, expense integration, so bookkeeping and accounting, which we just talked about. Um, so I explored that this week, and that was that resonated really well with power users. They're like, yes, I want I want this. Um, so I'm moving the premium um, stuff forward, and then the other thing that's not on there, but it's totally skunk works for now, is this concept. <laughs> Which is uh, Summit used to be called by another name. <laughs> oh, you can't say that. And uh, I can't say that anymore. Uh, we said that was the last time I was going to say that. Um, but it does have a simulator as its core. And I, I've been thinking about the positioning of Summit. And one thing that I think is going to, I've got to keep coming back to is that I am in the financial space, roughly speaking. And in the financial space, everybody is very used to tables and charts, but especially tables. <laughs> and tables are usually spreadsheets, and spreadsheets are usually CSV or Excel files or whatever, and or Google Sheets. And so there's this like natural tendency, or there's this um there's almost like this this entropy, if you will, on my positioning, like this, this erosion, if you will, that's going to, that's going to happen if I'm not careful where people are going to say, this is great, but you know what I really want <laughs> and they're to say, like, I really want a spreadsheet, man. Like I love the data, but I really want to see it in a spreadsheet or I really want to see it in a chart. And I had some, I had more than one person post launch say, say that to me, like, ah, if I could just get this in a spreadsheet, and I'm like, why? And then they would say, before I could even ask that, well, because then I can manipulate the data. Like I can I can add more stuff. I can get rid of stuff. Like now I can do stuff. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's like and, too good to be true. Like how does this magic work? And they're used to like doing the right, math themselves. Right. That's right. It's, it's, it's too much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The black box, and, and, right? It is a black box and I'm working to make it more transparent. And I, I, you know, one of those things that I did is, um, well, first of all, I can't have a button that lets you download an Excel sheet. I'm just not willing to, uh, cave on that yet. <laughs> um, I, I'm challenging myself to come up with ways to make it more transparent before I add the, uh, eject lever, which is go to Excel and model this out. Because I think then it kind of, first of all, it kills the engagement. And second of all, 
I've had other people who love the product go, I don't want Excel anymore. And like, to me, that's kind of my North star is like that person who said that to me is the person who's realized that they're, they are worse off in Excel than in the product if they trust the product. So I, had, I was having this thought of like trusting and trusting a product, trusting the numbers that come out of something like this. And the short version is uh, it's a simulation. And I've always thought about it as the numbers that come out of it are kind of the scorecard. It's the score. It's the, it's the exhaust of the, of the simulation running. Um, it's not the actual product itself. And so it's kind of like saying, okay, I, I, I'm, um, I'm watching a, a football game let's say soccer or football, but like I'm, I'm watching it. And at the end of the game, like I see the score and like two things can happen. If you just read the score in a newspaper article, you might have this feeling of like, how the heck did that happen? Right. You're like, how did they lose this match? Like they shouldn't have lost. This doesn't make sense to me. And there's almost this level of like skepticism or distrust. And like, if it weren't for the fact that you knew a physical game took place somewhere on a field <laughs> and it was refereed by people who know the rules and are generally accredited, you might doubt it. Like, oh, this can't be right. Like, especially if it was something, if you had an expectation that this team was a favorite and they lost, you just come at, you just have the skepticism. But we, the way the world deals with that because we have scorekeepers and it's a physical game that's played in a field and they're There's all these things. So I was like, what's the equivalent of that in what I'm doing? Like, how do I increase spectatorship? you know, rules and transparency and, and participation. Like, how do I help them spectate what's going on so that at the end of it, when it's like, oh, your revenue is, you know, $283,000, whatever it is, their immediate thought isn't like, that can't be right. I would rather have them go like, oh, yeah, I know why that is. That's because like, we couldn't afford to hire a salesperson and we didn't close that big deal. And so like, that makes sense to me, right? It, it, I understand it because I somehow observed or participated in that. Okay. So it's like, how do I do this? So the, the, the idea is this. I want people to start participating in the forecast. And the, and the way I want to do that is I want them to actually engage with it as it's running so that it's no longer a click a button, you know, then shut your eyes, the game gets played, and then open your eyes, ta-da, and the score was four to one. It's like, I don't get it, right? Instead, what I want to have happen is like, okay, keep your eyes open, hit play, <laughs> and then, you know, watch this thing happen, and then I'm going to give you a set of decisions to make each month that allows you to, without breaking the rules of the game, right? You don't suddenly have more money than you know what to do with. You don't suddenly have, like you have to stay within the boundaries of reality. Um, you can now participate. Choose your own adventure. Right? And then at the end, choose your own adventure. I like to think of it as like, I'm playing a game like Xbox, PlayStation style, whatever. It's like, if you lose the car race, you know why. If you lose the soccer match, you know why. Because you participated. And you might think the game is dumb or broken or not accurate enough or something, but like you don't you don't look at the score and not understand where it came from. So uh, so what I did in order to break through on this is I, um, I went into a deep maker mode on Monday and Tuesday, and I challenged myself to come up with a way to save the state of the simulator each month. So right, uh, what, it, what it currently does is it runs 18 months. And you can set that number. So you can have it run 18 months, 24 months, 36 months, whatever. 18th is a good kind of rule of thumb. 
Um, so what I said is like, what if I had it run one month? And then at the end of that month, I had a method that saved the state of the entire universe so that it could be essentially packaged up, saved, saved, you know, per, per, persistently saved. And then the user could come back, rehydrate the simulation with that state and start running it again. And so I, 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 I did that. I actually succeeded at doing that. And what's really exciting about this is that when the state is saved, you can manipulate it. So you can basically inject agency into this that says, okay, save the state. Your team currently has two salespeople or one salesperson. You can hire one, remove one. You can add money. You can subtract, you know, subtract money because you have this. You basically do whatever you want and then throw that, inject that state back in and then start it again. That's cool. <laughs> which is the essence. Yeah, which is the essence of, I mean, basically I can capture user input is what I'm saying, which turns this thing into kind of a real-time, a, a turn-based strategy game. Another metaphor for you. Um, at least as a Another metaphor is like, yeah, what's yeah. the saying? Like it's, the journey matters more than the, the destination. Like you take people on the journey instead of just like, you know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And 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 if they participate in that, I think that they're going to come out of it and say, you know, maybe at that point, I'm fine if they don't trust the arithmetic, like, oh, you know, I, that deal should have been worth this. And then they can look at the spreadsheet and be like, oh, yeah, it's a cruel based accounting. That's why this number is this. But they're not going to say like, well, why did it hire a salesperson? It's like, well, you hired yeah. this. <laughs> like, you hired the salesperson. You chose to do that. Instead of like one um, jump, and 18 months, this is more like they're fast forwarding their business. They're stepping through yeah. their business, actually. Like right now, right now, it does fast forward without them having any influence or control. But this is going to be a step, a step yeah. through, and they can choose what to do. Now, what's really cool is the simulator obviously had its autopilot. It, it's always had its autopilot where it hires people and whatnot. So at each of those increments, what I can show them is, hey, right now, the simulator would normally hire a salesperson or it would normally hire a customer success person. You can choose to do that or you can choose not to do that. It's up to you, right? So um, there's something I want to ask you about this. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. like maybe some of the listeners right now are thinking, hey, Matt said that November is going to be premium month for him. And now it's like November yeah. 15th or when we're recording this. And I know that you you have a good reason why you're doing this right now. But I kind of like want to get your mm -hmm. thinking of like how you basically justify, you know, this is like an experimental thing, right? This is a little bit aspirational yeah. in some way. Like it's kind of like what you would do maybe mm -hmm. on a very early stage. Like you said at one point when you were talking about like composing music almost, like playing around with tools and yeah. like build cool things and see what comes out of it and stuff. But like what's your reasoning yeah. for spending like basically d several days working on this right now. Yeah, that's great. A um, uh, couple things real quick, which are going to sound weaselly. One, first is I only spent two days <laughs> on it. Uh, we'll see how much more I do. I, I also think too, uh, when the muse strikes and you're feeling that creative energy and your brain is just consumed with it, I have to be perfectly honest with you. Like I couldn't have worked on anything. You else never know when it strikes, right? It's hard for me. I, I think it's still really hard for me. Like I could have forced myself to work on the other integration stuff on Monday and Tuesday. But if I don't get out what's exciting me, when it's exciting me, 
I'm not saying it's going to be good work. I might even throw it away, but it will, it will, it will not leave. And I'm not saying you're wrong. Like I just, I'm just curious to like get your own like thoughts on it. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. So that's fine. And like, I, I mean, um, someone can, someone can teach me how to ignore that. And I'm open to that. (laughs) Uh, but I did, I did, I didn't have to, and I don't want to. And like, I love not ignoring it when it strikes because sometimes my best work comes during those periods. Um, Another thing is like, this is a positioning thing for me. As I said, like the reason I'm doing, the reason I'm trying this, I'm placing a bet on differentiated positioning, right? And that, if that bet pays off, there will be nothing else like this for a very long time, potentially, potentially ever, right? Like somebody could listen to this podcast right now and start stealing this idea, but it's like, this is taking 2000 hours to get here. I'm going to invest another hundred hours <laughs> into this, like, that's great. Go for it. You know, um, but my point is that differentiated positioning suddenly means I'm not in a features war with other accounting and, and financial tools who are at their core tables and charts and logs and and data in in that sense, like systems of record. So suddenly now my core strength becomes this thing that I can just turn to and say. Like, okay, I want to add a feature. How do I add that feature? It, it, it fits into this. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is this feels foundational to me, not something that you tack on later for fun or as a different product. Like if this works, this becomes the reason that people are super excited to tell their friends to use this, which drives freemium, free adoption, which drives engagement and Frankly, some of the, let me go back to the road mapping. Some of the premium feedback that I got was, hey, I really want to bring this into Excel so that I can add a salesperson, so that I can add this marketing campaign, so that I can basically inject myself into this. And so I had a, I have a choice. Like I can either give them what they're asking for, which is download a spreadsheet so that they can inject themselves in, in spreadsheet land, <laughs> or I can come up with a way to let them inject themselves into the product in the app and this is my way of doing that love it right so i feel like i'm i feel like i'm following the signal but i'm doing it in a way that's not at all what people are asking for and so it looks like it looks dangerous and probably kind of is but um i i I just learned like you can't you can't you can't solve the problem the way that people are asking you to you have to listen to what they're is saying which is i want to do they want a faster horse yeah and i know and I actually exactly and i have a friend who wrote an article about how yeah, Henry yeah. ford never said that and blah 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 it's like there's, there's two sides of that but but i do believe that when people say stuff like oh i just hate i hate watching um what is it you know like somebody gave a great example of business of software um this is one of the talks it was like on product management uh pretend you're a product manager at netflix and somebody's like uh, I want you to give me the ability to um, get rid of commercials or, or no, I want to, I, I hate, I hate the commercials that you guys have. Like a naive implementation of a solution is like getting rid of commercials or like paying, letting them pay to get rid of commercials. Maybe that's even what they're telling you is like, Hey, I want to pay you to skip commercials. But like, I want to think about the broader set of possibilities, which is like, well, what if our commercials were entertaining? What if our commercials were engaging? What if, what if who knows what else, like maybe there are other ways to solve this problem. And I think if I just did what the person asked for, which is like, 
let me download a spreadsheet so I can like add rows and columns to it. Um, it's not, first of all, that's happening offline and I can't help them beyond, like once they do that, they're on their own. Like I can't help them, which, which actually applies a ceiling to what I can do for them. Like the value suddenly has a ceiling. But the other thing is like, it's just not delightful. (laughs) Like I'm not, I'm not in the business of creating products that aren't delightful delightful like i want an i want an exceptional product not just you know a competing yeah. thing another thing like this there's my defense it's a good defense <laughs> uh this summer i spent quite a lot of time playing around with branch and i i think i i might have talked about it on the show as well but i think i essentially spent almost a month just like playing around with it because i felt like i needed to get to know the tool better and basically kind of understand mm-hmm. the limits and understand what it's able to do and a lot of things came out of it. Like I think templates or re- I call them recipes now came out of it. I'm pretty sure the Pantheon integration came out of it as well. And it's like, I just, I built the thing, but I'm like, I wasn't 100% sure how much I could do with it. Like I hadn't pushed it to its limits and I hadn't really, I hadn't used it too much myself actually. <laughs> so it's like, this is also a way yeah, for you to yeah. really get to know the internals of the thing you built. Cause you get to experience in a different, right. different way. Absolutely. And there's, there's a, there is a ton. So, so <laughs> I, I think there's so much more I can do for people once this, if this is successful, suddenly I get a feeling for, here's how I can also help the user. And this might be a good way to, to end this rant is, or is rave <laughs> is, is um, I read this great quote this week. Uh, it says, plans are like maps. They animate people. And this is the most crucial thing they do. When people actually do things, they generate outcomes that help them discover what needs to be explained and what should be done next. And I just love that. That was actually said, uh, it was uh, written in a book in 1983 called Misconceptions About Managerial Productivity. So this very jargony business book, probably in 1983, uh, not jargony. It sounds a little bit dry, but I love this. Plans are like maps. They animate people. And what I thought about was uh, if you go through this, that what I'm talking about, this, this sort of game mode and you make decisions and you see the results of those decisions and you have a strong feeling for what you're doing, like the, the temporal nature of it. like three months from now, I'm going to hire a customer success person. And then two months after that, I'm going to go raise a round of funding or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You are dressed for yeah, yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. That's another way to see you're it. Living out your I love plan, right? Yeah. You're living out your plan. Now, and, and to me, this is no different than football players watching game footage or, you know, people flight, uh, uh, sorry, pilots using a flight simulator to, to simulate what it's like to land at a certain airport. Like re- rehearsing life ahead of time makes you, it, it gives you mastery, right? So what, what I'm actually trying to do is help people be masters of their business. And if I give them the ability to dress rehearse it, they are going to, they're going to rapidly grow in their own skill that's my that's my goal let's end it here don't say anymore <laughs> that was period <laughs> wow that <laughs> was really good man thank you you should go on some stage or something to say that <laughs> that's a good commercial for I think summit I might right there sorry i didn't intend for it to be but i i'm very excited yeah about this. it sounds cool cool let's uh keep this below 50 minutes <laughs> Yeah, yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> listeners. Hey, are we thinking about doing you, a Q&A Peter. episode? It's been suggested. We are. We are. 
Yeah, it has been suggested if listeners have questions about Branch or Summit or Tiny Seed or it, just Can we ask for better questions than people DMing us and say thoughts on Tiny Seed question mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we should. I think the better the question, the if better If we get some answer. good questions, we'll do a Q&A episode. There you go. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And and we'll be we'll be friendly if we get questions that aren't great, we can we can help refine them but but please yeah the first one if you can uh, consume any prior material first that's always yeah good. cool man talk to you later yeah that sounds good all right peter have a great weekend man you too bye bye for now